Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 170 of Art for Your Ear. Today's episode is very appropriately supported by the Artist Mother podcast. I will explain why it's so perfect in a few minutes. Now, I know a lot of you already listen to this fabulous podcast, but if you don't, here's the gist. The Artist Mother podcast features interviews with incredible working artists, who are also mothers, and compelling conversations regarding parenting and the art world. These conversations create a space for inclusivity and support for artist mothers worldwide. It is so much more than a podcast, though. Just like Art for Your Ear, it's more like a community with a podcast. The Artist Mother podcast was created by Kaylin Butine. Oh, gosh. Kaylin, I always feel bad. I don't think I'm saying that right. Butine. Okay. Um, she is a painter and a mother of three. It is Kaylin's mission to provide support for artists who are caretakers as a place for them to share their stories and create outlets for connection and growth. Outside of the podcast, they host a yearly retreat, occasional meetups, and an inclusive crit group program. Speaking of the crit group, the enrollment is now open through April 1st. This program is a simple back-to-basics approach for getting some thoughtful feedback on your work and providing a support group of accountability and encouragement. It is open to artists of all backgrounds, mediums, and education levels. And P.S., it's not just for moms, but also any and all female and female-identifying artists. The majority of the program can be done on your own time, providing a platform that is accessible to artist mothers, since there's always usually quite a bit happening in their lives that they can't always predict. Visit Artist Mother Podcast, all one word, artistmotherpodcast.com and click on the crit group tab for more info and to sign up. You can follow them on Instagram at artistmotherpodcast, again, all one word. Oh, and P.S., I'm Kaylin's guest on her next episode coming up this Monday, March 23rd. So listen to that. So today's episode of Art for Your Ear. Ah, Has it seriously only been a week since my interview with Tara Lewis? I actually had to go and check, and yes, it was only a week ago. It feels like it was a year ago, considering how much has happened to the entire world in the past seven days. I've got a few fabulous artists lined up to be on the podcast, but as it stands right now, everybody's kind of feeling overwhelmed and anxious, and the last thing they want to do is record a podcast, which I totally get. So I thought maybe I would just skip this week too. But I also felt like putting out a new episode might cheer you up and hopefully cheer me up too. To be totally honest, I am feeling super anxious, which I have to say surprises me because I love staying at home. In fact, if I really think about it, my life has not been any different this week than any other week. I work at home across the desk from my husband, Greg, who also works from home. I rarely put on makeup or wear pants. Well, okay, I do wear pants, but they're stretchy and they have paint on them. They're not going out in the world where other humans will see me kind of pants. So why am I feeling like I am constantly about two minutes away from a massive panic attack? I have felt optimistic and like I'm going to get to doing some projects. And then the next minute I feel like crying or napping so that I can just wake up several hours from now and not deal with any of this. I I decided to really think about this because of this podcast. And I think that there are three 
big things that are getting to me and then zillions of tiny ones. But these are the three big ones. This is the heaviest for sure. Number one, all of the stats that we keep seeing rolling in and the charts and the death tolls, they're not just stats, they're people. They're people with families who are devastated to have lost a loved one. To them, this is not about memes and jokes about toilet paper. It's about having to say goodbye to someone that they love. I miss my dad so much. And if his death had been preventable by people washing their hands and staying home, then boy, oh boy, I would make damn sure the world did exactly that. For those of us who haven't been affected by the coronavirus this way, and hopefully won't be, the next bit of anxiety, which is much further down the list from the previous reason, comes from missing out on stuff that we we're really looking forward to. I know so many people are having a really hard time with this. Weddings that have been postponed, high school graduations that just aren't going to happen, art school grads whose final shows are canceled, art shows that you may have been working on for months that have been pushed until who knows when. I was supposed to be speaking at TEDx Nashville this weekend. In fact, as you listen to this, I would have just come off the stage, the one, you know, with the big red dot on it. I'd also created an entirely new body of work, 25 pieces for a solo show at Modfellows Gallery in Nashville, coordinated to be at the same time. They'd made it an official TEDx event, and the opening was going to be mentioned on the main stage to 2,500 people in the audience. Well, TEDx has been moved until May 17th, and I still am not sure that will happen. I hope that it does. Um, but the art show is going on as scheduled, kind of. We are going to do an online opening this Sunday, March 22nd, starting at 6 p.m. Central Time, complete with videos from me, um, an online Q&A, um, full videos of the show that's hung uh, without anybody physically in attendance. Weird, but smart. I'm trying to convince myself that it's just like a really artsy episode of the Jetsons or something. I absolutely applaud Maud Fellows and Pam Marlene Taylor, she's the curator of the show, for figuring all of this out. If there's anything I can take away from this, it is that no matter what the obstacles, the art community is a fabulous group and I am so happy that we're all part of it. Okay, but hold up, there's still number three. There's one more thing that's making me anxious. It's really, really, really been bothering me that there are still huge numbers of people who are not taking this global pandemic seriously. The people who are still going about their lives as though this is just a cold, that they'll probably just magically avoid somehow, and if they get it, oh well, they'll just feel icky for a few days. My mom was dismissing almost everything my brother and sister and I have been saying, but she finally gets it, I hope. My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, is a doctor, and he emailed her some very clear, very sobering information on this virus, how it spreads, and how we can stop it if we pull our heads out of our asses before it's too late. Okay, it doesn't actually say anything about heads being in asses. I just sort of freestyled that one. So we finally have her on board, I think. Now just thousands and thousands more to convince. How hard is it? Stay home. <laughs> Watch a ton of movies. Work in your garden. And yes, while you're in there, Make some art. The sooner we all do that, the sooner this will be over. <sighs> and exhale. <clears throat> now, 
Speaking of making art during this quarantine, I started a hashtag on Instagram last week in an attempt to give you a distraction and to get all of us making during this super, super bizarre moment in history. And boy, oh boy, are you guys using it. There are, I think now, over 4,000 pieces of art hashtagged with 30-day art quarantine. It is so inspiring to watch what you are all making. Now, I didn't structure this at all. Um, it's a, I said it was a challenge, but um, I didn't want to give too much structure because who knows what is happening in your life right now. And the last thing I wanted you to feel was that you had a project that you were falling behind on. That was certainly not the reasoning. I basically just said, work on something every day. Give yourself an assignment, set up some rules, and then play within them. Use this time to experiment. Is there something that's been rolling around in your head that you haven't had time for? Well, you do now. Um, maybe there's a material that you've always wanted to try. I bought a box of sculpting clay five months ago, <laughs> five months ago, and it's still just sitting there staring at me. Well, no more. I have cracked that box open and I'm gonna see where it goes. Maybe nowhere, maybe somewhere amazing. Basically, I'm trying desperately to turn this pile of lemons into some kind of artsy lemonade. I've talked about that on past episodes, specifically the episode when I talked about my fibroids and having to have my entire uterus removed. Oh, actually, I don't know if I brought that up. Yes, that's the latest development. Everything must go. Uh, that surgery, by the way, was booked for mid-April and will most likely be rescheduled until I don't know when. Anyway, I used the upsetting news about yet another set of tumors growing inside my body as inspiration for a series of new work. New work that I would like to unapologetically say is the best work I've ever done in my entire life. Take that, fibroids. So now it's time to stand up and say, F you, COVID-19. You're not going to stop me from creating. You're going to be the reason I make some kick-ass lemonade. Granted, there may also be a bit of crying and hiding under the covers and a little bit of comfort eating in there too. Yes, in case you're wondering, my chip strike is officially over. But I've also promised myself that I am not going to let anxiety take over. There is fresh air. Fresher than it's been in a while, according to NASA. And there are friends and family even if you have to visit with them online instead of in person. My family, my little family of three, we're all home together, of course. I have a 13-year-old who was supposed to be home for spring break, and we've just been told through our provincial government that it's more likely he, likely he will be home until September. September. A 13-year-old boy with no siblings at home with just his dorky parents. Oh, boy. Anyway, if you listen to this podcast, you will know that I am a fan of a perfect conversational segue, and that is, in fact, one right there. My son, Charlie, and my husband slash producer of the podcast, Greg, are going to be my guests today, whether they like it or not. <laughs> ah, what do they have to do? They literally have nowhere else to be. Yet we are all sequestered away in our house together. So I figured, why not cram all three of us under the podcast pillow fort sheet to get their thoughts on contemporary art? See, this is why having the Artist Mother podcast as a sponsor is perfect with a capital P. So yes, I'm going to quiz my boys on a few things, get their thoughts on one of my favorite collages from art history, and then finish things up with the not-so-speedy speed round times two. I truly have no idea 
where or how this is going to go. <laughs> in fact, we might even get our almost 14-year-old wiener dog Murphy in on the action. We actually usually have to work very, very hard to keep him quiet when I record. But all rules are out the window at this point, so bark away, Murph. Bark away. All right, here we go. Episode number 170, The Chrissa Family Edition. All right, here we are. Oh, I have no idea how this is going to go. Hi, Greg. Hello. (laughs) Are you super excited to be on the podcast? See, I said hello right away because very often what a lot of people don't hear that I edit out, what usually happens when you... When you, when you record. I say, hi, so-and-so, and well, then... Well, no, first you do like a four-minute chat with them. Right, just And to... then you get them all ready, because it's not cold. Right. And what do you say? I say, okay, I'm just going to I'm just gonna pause for a second, and I'm going to say hi, and then you can say hi, and we'll get started. And they say, okay, cool. And I say, ready? And they say, yeah. And then I say, hi, Joe. Hi. Hi. And there's always like yeah. a three-second pause. And inevitably. Yeah, I almost every time. Yeah. I know. So thank you for saying hello right away. Thank you for not being difficult. Yeah, and I think we're done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gregoire. So, first of all, let's introduce you to the people, because they know that you're my husband. They know that you edit this podcast. Yes. I've said that you've said some smart things, like... um, like when I first, before I started Jealous Curator, you were the one that said the smart thing about jealousy is eating you alive, and if you say it out loud, you can turn it in a positive way, you can turn it into admiration. That was you. Yeah, I heard that on a podcast somewhere. Yeah, it was yeah. great. You passed it on. Mm-hmm. Now look, we, you know, it's, it's a media a empire. Circle of podcast. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, then, um, so let's, let's talk about your art background. <laughs> <laughs> were you an art kid when you were little? No. You kind of uh, were. Um, like the, your, the covers on your reports and stuff? Yeah, I like those. But, but those were more, like, I liked the, the concept and the lettering. Okay. You know, like one time, one of, my, one of my best ones was I had to do a report on Africa, and I spelled Africa in the shape of the continent. Whoa. What grade was that? 12? <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> Just final touches. <laughs> what, what grade was that? Uh, it was elementary. It was, let's say grade six. Okay. Good? Yeah. Age appropriate? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, that um, uh, tragically hip lyric, I can draw, but I can't. Uh, no, I can't draw, but I can trace. Yeah. It's like that. Like, one of my favorite pieces that I ever did was we had to do, like, you know, those grids where you have like a little grid on a little picture and then you have a bigger, the same grid on a bigger picture and you just transpose it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that with like a, like a Spider-Man comic in grade eight. And it was one of my, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. We still have that. We do? Yeah. Oh yeah, somewhere. It's in one of, it's in that tube in my studio. I was thinking earlier today, one of my favorite art stories about a young Greg is that um, I was just saying this to my brother that when I was, I must have been like five, and my dad was a really good, like he could draw really well, and you could just say anything, and he would just like draw it on the spot. He was great. So one time we were sitting together, and and one evening I just like told him, like, now draw this, now draw this, and he did like 10 of those things, and they were great, and I thought they were fantastic. And, And my older brother had like pictures and posters up in his room on on the wall 
And so in my room, I didn't have anything like that because I was five. And so I thought, now is the time to appreciate some, some art. So oh, no. I, um, when my parents had some family over, oh, I no. took all 10 pictures and I got some glue. And, uh, <laughs> and I glued the picture to the wallpaper right on my wall. And like, and I was very liberal with the glue. And so the guests left and I wanted to show it off. And those pictures did not come off the wallpaper. (laughs) How old were you then? Like five? I was a five-year-old curator. Yeah. Well, you know what that is? It's kind of like a mixed media installation. Yep. Yeah, that's collaborative what I, as well because it was using your father's work. That's what I tried to tell them. Yeah, did, how did that go over? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> um, so how much would you say as an adult you knew about art or the art world uh, until you met me? Um, well, I could certainly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had a lot of Dali posters on my wall in college. Sure. Is that like a, is that like a cliche thing? I had the melting clocks. It's fine. But then, Still love you. but then I also, <laughs> I also um, um, branched out from that. So there were others, uh, the, the 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 elephants with the long legs. Oh, still Dally though. Yep. 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 But branched out from the the most well known one. Right. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, usually like when I would have to, uh, when I would travel somewhere, I would uh, check out the the gallery there. Yeah. Check it out. See the art. And so I guess when you met me, though, I wasn't, I wasn't as artsy as I am now because I was sort of hiding out from art at the time. I was kind of, you know, I didn't really. Well, we had our craft extravaganza when we were dating. Yeah. I don't remember much before I met you. Yes. Life was just dark uh-huh. and cold. That's what I figured. That was an excellent answer. <laughs> that was an excellent answer. Um, so now, now what do you think about the art world? Because you are very... You're a very wonderful person who checks every post I write every day. You always know what I've written about. You actually check it. Yeah, and and that's amazing. I mean, how many posts have you written? I think it's over three thousand now. So I've read over three thousand posts, um, and and I find it uh, it's kind of cool. Like sometimes even um, inadvertently, like I'll see something or I'll hear somebody's name and I'll be like, oh, she does so and so work, and. Uh, just from from being around uh, your your stuff for all these years. Um, and what do you always say about the majority of the people I write about? Like the egg the egg um, outfit from the other day, oh, for example. It's just you people have such <laughs> wonderful, wonderful brains. Because because most mornings we'll wake up and you'll tell me about some really Dali esque dream that you just had, yeah. right? And then I'll say, oh, I had a dream last night where I sat for two hours muted on a conference call at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's lovely is that these, these fantastic gardens that our artist brains then go off and make these things and make them come to life. And it's lovely to look at. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think that I write about a lot of people who do really weird obsessive Mm -hmm. like time consuming things because I feel like I'm not very good at that like I I feel like I have a short attention span so I like to make work that happens quickly like some of these people like um 
like C.J. Hendry or like uh, um, Melissa Meyer, who I just wrote about with the mm-hmm. eggs and the crystals and stuff, when it's so meticulous and like clearly hours and hours and hours of work, I don't know. It's admirable because you can, you can almost see the process of like some, some itch in their brain being scratched that, oh, I, I just need to put down these pen lines one beside the other and that will make me so happy that this got out into the world. Yeah, actually, that makes me think. That's the other thing I like that you always say about artist people that that you appreciate but don't get. Where, um, you know, like I'll say if we're somewhere, like well, when we were in Hawaii and I found all of that shop that had the you yeah. know like all the shells that you could buy. Yeah. And I was like, how many times do you think I went in that store? Five at least. Yeah, at least. And I was obsessed, and I was like, oh my god, look at all the stuff and the thing. And I was like, I just and we were still on vacation for another five days, and I was like, I need to make something like yeah. I can't have all this stuff and like not make something. And that always kind of amazes you that artists are like that. Hey? Yeah. I love it. Cause well, I mean, going back to, was I an art kid? One of my favorite things to do as a kid was to, um, take toys apart. Mm-hmm. I remember like clearly remember a moment, uh, as a kid where like my dad had like a workshop. So I saw him working with like screwdrivers or whatever. And I clearly remember like turning over like a, like a car, toy car, and seeing screws on the bottom and going, oh my God, you can open this up and see what's inside. Especially like things that like wound up or made noise or whatever. You, could say, you can see inside the black box of what makes it go. Could you and put them back together after you took them apart? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes things that wind up have a spring that comes out and doesn't go back in. Yeah, that's um, a fun surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love, because I don't have that motivation. Like, I have a motivation of like, oh, I want to go read that magazine or watch that movie or something like that. But I have i don't think I've ever had the motivation to be like, oh my God, I need to make something new today. And I just so, I, it amazes me that you guys talk about this a lot on the podcast where it's just like, the people that you talk to, it's just like, it's like a given, like this was always true in your life, whether you were two or 22 or 82. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, I, I haven't made anything yet. Mm-hmm. Or, I, yeah. ooh, here's some stuff that I could make something with. Here's yeah. a bucket of glitter. Yeah. And it's so I better get to, to work. It's like Portuguese. Yeah. I, can, I don't speak it, but I, I love hearing it. Wow. That was very poetic. Yeah. Obrigado. Mm-hmm. It's getting very romantic in the pillow fort yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when Charlie was little? Um, I kind of always thought he'd end up being like super artsy. He's more um, really good at story, like r- telling stories and things like that instead. Yeah. But um, um, when he would be obsessed with colors. Yeah. When he was little. <laughs> and I took Which him- he got from. Well, me, I guess. Yeah. But he just inherently, like, I didn't push it. He just, he wanted to know all of the colors of all of the things. Like, where if you said it was blue, that wasn't quite enough for him because it wasn't, you know, like, regular blue. This was, like, he wanted to know what, like, this bright, and it's like, well, that's aqua. And he was like, okay. And then he would want to know. Like, when he was, like, two, he could barely talk, and he wanted to know. And I always remember, and I think I've told this story before, we were go. I took him to this um, awesome shop in Vancouver on Hastings called Dress So, and 
like every sewing supply you could ever want. And we went there when he was two or three to buy supplies to make his Halloween costume. And I only had a quarter, so I just threw it in the meter. And I think in Vancouver that bought me like four minutes or something. And so I was like, come on, dude, we gotta go grab the stuff and, and go. So we get in there and it was a wall, like a literal wall full of zippers in a rainbow, like just every color. And he just went, <gasps> and he stood there and he started naming them all and just going down the line, light pink, dark pink, rose, magenta. And I was like, okay, I guess our, we're going to run out of, yeah. we're going to run out of meter. But it's worth it. It was worth it. We, yeah, I didn't get a ticket, but we were way over the meter and he just was in heaven. And it's the same thing. It's like, you can tell that like that itch is being scratched. It's like, it's going to feel really good mm-hmm. if I look at these colors in a row and name them. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't care, but... <laughs> but you're the same way. Like, you you love talking about that ribbon store in Toronto. Oh, my God. I love that place. And, and it's probably like, well, I don't know if you stood there, like, kind of mouthing the colors silently <laughs> to yourself. But I'm sure it was the same reaction of, like, look at all this splendor. Yeah, I used to stop there on the way home from work almost every day. Like, yeah. I rarely bought anything, but I would just go in and look at everything. Yeah. When you said the mouthing thing, are you, you are you thinking of a story to tell? <laughs> Would you like to tell a story? No. You can tell it if you I want. I think we should tell it. You go ahead. No, but you're much better at telling the stories. Okay. Well, you guys, so apparently Charlie and Greg claim that I do this thing that I, I mean, I find it hard to believe, but they've called it's me on. It's been recorded. It, oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> There's video proof. So. When Charlie was little and we'd go to restaurants, I would order for him, right? Like, oh, I'll have this. And, you know, the little cute little guy in the high chair will have, you know, noodles. And then as he got older, he started ordering for himself. But sometimes he'd be a little bit shy. So I guess this is why I started doing it. I would, as he was saying what he wanted, I would be mouthing it as he talked. So Like a stage mom. Yeah, but like no sound would come out, but he'd be saying grilled cheese and I would be mouthing along grilled cheese. And you would be very concentrated. You're kind of doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. And then they would both be like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're mouthing what he's saying. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. See, one of the great things about me being a co-host on this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> is that people, because usually you're the one asking questions, this way people get to learn some stuff about you. Mm-hmm. Like, you just love the stories. Like, I, I noticed this early on when I met you that... that <laughs> oh, I know what's coming. <laughs> if I'm telling you a story, and especially if like there's like, and then the guy said whatever, you start moving, like you start <laughs> reacting to the story and sometimes when that starts happening in the back of my head I'm like I'm gonna amp it up a little bit more just so just so you get a little bit more into it it's wonderful God. tell the tell the patios pools and text story no you story. tell that story no you tell it I just told the last one come on <laughs> this okay. was early on in our relationship like really early like yeah. in the first year or something a nice walk in the park yeah I think we just finished going for a run or something yeah and I'd seen this TV show. We didn't live together. We didn't live together till we got married. So we, were, we lived apart for five years. And so <laughs> we watched different TV shows because we didn't live together. And so I watched a show called Patios, Pools, and Decks, which I'd never seen before. It was just on, and it was really good. And they're, they're, they did some great stuff with Patios, Pools, and Decks. Now, as we're walking through the park, 
I have this thing, which is actually happening right now, where I'll have this need to tell a story because it's in my head, even though I know that nobody wants to hear it. It just needs to be said. Yeah, and I don't even really want to tell it, but it's like I can't, my brain can't let it go until it has been released into the wild. It needs to see the world. Yeah. So we're walking along in the park. I know that Greg has no interest. Like, I haven't even told it yet. But I know that he's not going to give a crap. The show is called Patios, Pools, and Decks, (laughs) and there's not a twist ending. No, and we didn't have a house with a patio pool or a deck. Nope. Like, we both lived in tiny apartments in Toronto. We were, like, 20-something. And so even if we did, that's not a topic of conversation. Well, it is if you're working on a patio pool or a deck and you're trying to come up with ideas. Yeah. So, I started telling him this story about this episode, but I was talking super, super fast um, and probably loud. <laughs> I do that sometimes. So, I was telling the story super fast, and he's like, what What are you... Okay, then you do your part. I was like, why, why are you talking like this? And you're like, because I know you don't want to hear about this. So I'm just going to say it really fast. And he laughed so hard. And that's when I knew that he was the one for me because other people probably would have dumped me for things like that. But you thought it was endearing. Well, and and then you passed on that lovely, uh, that lovely urge to our son because driving around with him, um, he would ask you for a story and you would go, okay. And then you would start telling a story. And then like 10 minutes later... The story had uh, a beginning, middle, and end, and it had a moral, and it had like a twist ending sometimes, and it was fantastic. And then, and then he would drive with me, and he would say, "Tell me a story," and I would feel like just terrified and cornered because I had nothing. Didn't you tell him a story about a gray rock one yeah. time? <laughs> that was a classic. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my next children's book. I'll scoop your idea. <laughs> a one-page book. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I steal your ideas because yeah. you're so smart. Yeah, like, uh, like the title of this podcast. <laughs> we, uh, went, we were thinking about launching this podcast for about a year, right? Mm-hmm, yes. A little behind the scenes, and we were like, it would be cool to do a podcast and, and you know, to kind of surface some of these interesting stories, because you always say, like, you love the, the behind the scenes stories about artists. Um, and, then, and then we finally decided, okay, this is what the podcast is going to be like. And then we were going back and forth. After all of our years in marketing, how what should we call it? And uh, at one point, I was like, "Oh, how about art for your ear?" And then, like half an hour later, you're like, "I know. How about art for your ear?" I said, "Yes, <laughs> that would be great." <laughs> and I literally had no memory of you saying it. Yeah, it wasn't half an hour later. It was like later that, like maybe like within the week, because I went for a run. Mm-hmm. And while I was running, I was like, you know, brainstorming. I was like, oh my God, I've got it. I've got it. Art was, for your ear. Just did it. I was like, I can't wait to get home from this run yeah. and tell Greg. Yeah, that hump. <laughs> I got home and said, listen <laughs> to this. I came up with a great idea on my run. Yeah. Art for your ear. You know what? He probably won't get it. I'll have to say it fast. <laughs> and you just stared at me. You were like, really? And I was like, yeah. What do you think? And you were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of art things, and since I met you and appreciating things, one of my favorite things that I, I wish we could have done together was the first time I went to the Tate. Yeah, I've never been to the Tate. Oh, I mean, amazing space, but then, I don't know if it was a, it was a permanent collection, but um, Cindy Sherman. Oh, I love her. Oh, that was lovely. You were there for work, right? Yep. We were married. Yep. Yeah. 
I should, we should go back there. We'll go together next time. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we call our son in here? Yes. Okay. Just a warning to everyone. Um, well, we're, we're pretty grouchy, but we're doing a good job of, he's, he's a bit grouchy right now because I've just explained to him that, uh, coronavirus means really, really no hanging out with your friends and, uh, he's bored out of his mind and, uh, is not happy. It's beautiful outside and he can't go play basketball with his friends and it's annoying just like the whole rest of the world feels. And so, but he said he would still do the podcast. So um, we're going to bring him on. We're going to wait what? one more thing. What? Speaking of happy and our son and getting to know you a little bit better. Okay. What are two things in this world that make you extremely happy and make you laugh uncontrollably that also involve our son? Oh, that app? Yeah. What's that called? Uh, Light, Lightroom? No. Something like that. Some sort of app. We'll tell you guys what it is. Where you can distort your face. The one on the iPad. <laughs> and then they did, took video of me laughing at Charlie you should, doing it. You should post that with okay. this. I, it makes me laugh so hard that I like almost pee. And then I laugh at it because literally... And it's like our son is like a puppet master. I like, know. He knows how he, to work he'll it. He'll sit yeah. there. He, he absolutely is like deadpan. Yeah. And he just like keeps like changing his face. <laughs> and you laugh I'm at it. I'm thinking about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you just got let out of a shelter or something. <laughs> and then I commentate. And then too. you describe it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his I know I can't help it. I love it. And what's the other thing that makes you mm-hmm. like equally just pure joy and also, oh my God, we're driving off a cliff. Uh, people falling down on no. videos? Kitchen. In the kitchen? Yeah. Oh, microwaving stuff. Microwaving. Marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you have weeks that you have to stay in your house. Yeah. So next time you go on a provisions run, do yourself a favor, get a bag of marshmallows. Ideally like those larger ones. Yeah. Like not like ridiculous, like just like yeah. not mini marshmallows. But like we, we did it once with like the, the slightly bigger ones. No, we didn't. It was regular, oh, okay. but it became slightly oh larger. God. It was like the best. They were super, super stale, rock hard. And Charlie wanted um, a s'more. So I was like, oh, we can try microwaving it and see if it sort of like softens it up. Well, you guys, it got so... Big. Yeah. Did you video me? Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. We stopped it before it exploded because I really thought it was going to coat the entire inside oh of the God. microwave. That was one of the happiest days of my life watching you watching it. <laughs> I also really like it when you take the lid off of popcorn before it's done popping. Yeah. And you let it like that. I find that makes me so happy. Yeah. It's small joys during this time of cholera. It is. To, it is. Uh, to just brighten up your day. Yeah. There's two activities for you guys. Popcorn. Yep. Marshmallows. Oh, and then that app. And the app. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll put a link to it because it just brings me pure joy. Make a face. Take a screen grab. Oh my God. It's so funny. Okay. Um, well that cheered me up. Yeah. Ditto. Okay, let me just poke my head outside of the... Um... Wait, we can pause it here. Okay, we'll pause it and we'll go get him. Okay, hang on. That was a producer move. Do I press that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Charlie is now in the um, pillow fort. Hi. In the booth. Hi. How's it going? Good. Are you, are you grouchy or are you okay? 
I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, because the whole world is grouchy right now, so we, we get it. Uh, so I was just talking to your father about him being an art kid, and he kind of was. He glued some stuff to his wall. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you were pretty artsy when you were little. Like, you liked doing crafts with me. Yeah. Do you like you, doing crafts with me now? You painted your belly. Yeah, you painted... Yeah, face. Yeah. Down there. Yeah, you painted your belly, your face. You said, I want to paint me, Mommy. And so we did. Uh, that birdhouse? Fantastic. Yeah? Dobby Dobby. But now it's not really your jam. No. No. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, you, you do, like, um, you often, like, talk about, like, like, games that you're playing, and you're like, oh, you know what would be interesting is, and, like, I think, like... You love world creation and then, like, scenarios or plots. Yeah. Yeah, you're better at, like, it more, your more jam is more like storytelling. Well, you know what you've been super into lately is certain types of movies, like Wes Anderson films. That's mm-hmm. art. What's yeah. your favorite Wes Anderson? Uh, uh, probably Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, yeah. what's the next one? Like, what's one of the live action ones? Uh, I always get the names confused and stuff. Which, Name like uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Tenenbaums, Grand uh, Budapest Hotel. Yeah, like Grand, Grand Budapest. Budapest. Yeah. yeah, and then the new one. When is the new one out? July. Oh, July. Well, supposedly. Yeah, because um, the color schemes. We're always a big fan of the color schemes. He's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. And then your other favorite di- uh, director lately, Taika. Yeah. Taika Waititi. Um, between Jojo Rabbit and what's the other one that we just saw? Wilder People. Wilder People? Hunt, hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, such a good. Is Come that on. what it's actually called? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, which was your favorite of those two? Uh, Charlie. Jojo Rabbit. And, yeah. Hmm. And- uh, Probably Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, it was so good. I saw it was on the plane the other day, but we'd already seen it, and it was on the plane, and I was like, not to, uh, there's no spoiler alert here, people, but there's there's moments that you will, in fact, cry. So I didn't watch it on the plane, because I didn't want to cry on the plane. Yeah. But it's so good. Um, okay, so you guys, we're going to do some things. Um, there's a piece of art I'm going to show you, and I would like both of your opinions. Yes. Uh, and then I'll tell you about it. Then we're going to do some art trivia. I found this really cool website, and I'll put it um, as part of the post so that you can play it at home. It even has sound effects and everything when you get things wrong and right. I love it. Yeah. Well, when you get things right. Oh, right. And then I also have a not-so-speedy speed round personalized for each of you. Mm-hmm. That I thought maybe we could go back and forth on back and forth. Not. That hair is attached to my head. Don't <laughs> pull it. Okay. Ready? Charlie, is this cool or cringe? Uh, it's super cool. Nice. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay, so this was um, this piece. Wait, are you going to tell us the title? Or you, do, we, do you want us to guess it? I would like you to guess the title. Okay. Um, it's a collage by Richard Hamilton from 1956. And um, I loved art history. I loved everything that I learned in art history from, like, you know, the Egyptians onward. But, um... When, when I saw, when this piece came up in the art history class, I was like, oh my God, which is probably why I'm a collage artist now, but I absolutely love this. And so I would like, um, well, we'll tell, uh, people at home probably know exactly what this is, but you guys um, maybe describe it so that people know what is there and then give me your best guesses for titles. I have a couple questions. Okay. So wait, 56? Yeah, 1956. And this is collage? Yes. Do we know roughly how big it is? 
No, don't make me look bad. I don't know that. No, but like, in a sense, like, are these clippings from a magazine? Yes, yeah. Got it. Well, first of all, I appreciate the nudity. <laughs> Charlie, how do you feel about it? About it's nudity? Great. Yeah, it's great, right? Mm-hmm. I love the, I love the 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 logo, the, yeah. the logo work. Um, I just want to check that we're actually recording. Oh, we are. Okay. Now I need you to put it back. And then, um, like the the big uh, lollipop, fantastic. Yeah. And I love. I just noticed that it's a moon up top. Mm-hmm. And I love the um, the little arrow to the vacuum hose. The ordinary cleaners reach here. This is yeah, love it. Okay, Charlie, any parts you quite like in this? Mm, I'm kind of confused about a lot of the things happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mix of emotions happening. You're trying to process. Yeah, well, I thought that was like a big ping pong paddle at first. The lollipop. Yeah. I wasn't sure why I said pop on it, but now it makes more sense. (laughs) There's Um, a Ford logo on the lamp. Yep. There's canned meat. There's canned ham mm-hmm. on the coffee table. Yeah. What that's else are you confused that's by? That's where I keep my ham. Yeah. On the coffee table or yeah. in a can? Both. Okay. Um, yeah. The, that's about it. Okay. Do you think it's trying to like uh, like portray like this is a reflection of like the modern family? Mm, that's a good theory. Man, woman, and ham. Like it's a... <laughs> <laughs> is that your guess for the title? Yes. Like it's a... Ref- like it's, it's, it's... Is it Richard, is it? Yeah. Is like he's making a statement on like, this is what our life has come to in this modern day of 56. Maybe. Well, part of the reason I picked this for today is because everybody is quarantined to their homes. Yes. And I was like, if our homes end up looking like this, like if we end up in that situation... I think things have gone a little sideways for us. Or we're just loving life. If there's a canned ham and a topless lady on our couch in the next week, we know that something's happening, that's for sure. Either something went really right or something went really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Gregoire, what's your guess on the title? I'm going to say Modern Life. Modern Life. Okay, well, you know what's really oh. interesting? Oh, and Charlie's. He, he said Man, Woman, and Ham. Man, Woman, and Ham. Yeah. Um, what's very interesting is that okay so these things are oh i have one more oh god uh this is why okay um add ham and eve oh boy you hear hear what he did there yeah okay great guess you were worried you were worried this is why it took 170 episodes for this to happen yeah You've been asking since the beginning, and I was like, just wait, let's just wait for the right moment, like when we're quarantined in our house and we aren't allowed to leave and none of us have showered in days. Wait, wait for a pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, damn, (laughs) here it is. (laughs) Okay, so this is very interesting. So all of these things are clipped out of magazines. Um, The title actually came, uh, it was a caption to an illustration that was um, one of the cast-offs from the magazine. Oh. So he was snipping away. And so the title is, um, he just sort of looked over and there it was. And it is titled, Just What Is It That Makes Today's Home So Different, So Appealing? How it. perfect is that? I love it. And so, well, that's, I guess these are the things that make the home appealing. Did Richard at some point do installation art as well? Oh, God. 
I don't know. Oh. Don't ask me these things. Because I, I thought, remember, like, one of our favorite gifts that we got for our wedding was a, a year membership to our gallery of Ontario. Yes, that's true. And no, no, no. It was the Ottawa, the gallery in Ottawa, where I, there was something of this nature. Um, it wouldn't have been him. No. He did do other, uh, he did do more, um, like, object kind of work, like mixed media with like chunks of stuff. Yeah. So maybe it was that, but he, but not, well, I don't know. I love it. Um, okay, uh, so let me read you the objective. His objective was to throw into the cramped space of a living room some representation of all of the objects and ideas crowded into our post-war consciousness. My home would have been incomplete without its token life force. So Adam and Eve, <gasps> Greg. Add ham. Yes, struck... <laughs> Adam and Eve struck a pose along with the rest of the gadgetry. You love gadgets, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the collage had a didactic role in the context of the didactic exhibition. I was going to say didactic. Yeah. Um, titled This Is Tomorrow, in that it attempted to summarize the various influences that were beginning to shape post-war Britain. We seem to be taking a course toward a rosy future and our changing high-tech world was embraced with a starry-eyed confidence. A surge of optimism, oh, that's probably why there's a moon in the sky, a surge of optimism which took us into the 1960s. Though clearly an interior, there are complications that cause us to doubt that categorization. The ceiling of the room is a space-age view of Earth. Oh, it's not a moon, mm. it's the Earth. Um, the carpet is a distant view of the of people on a beach. Hmm. Oh. Um... Uh, it is an allegory rather than a representation of a room. You're welcome. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so yes, that was one of my favorites. That was one of the things that made me go, oh, you're actually allowed to do collage? Because it was kind of frowned upon when I went to university. So this gave me hope that I could actually do that. Okay, you guys ready for... I wish we had... We should drop in some, um, like, old, old like... Um, yeah. 56... Quiz show music. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an excellent transition to art trivia. Okay. So I have a list. There's a hundred in this quiz, but I picked my favorite. Before we start, I would like to say that I have a feeling we're going to do really well on this. Yeah. Well, here's the first question. What artist was struck in the face with a mallet by an envious rival disfiguring him for life? Was it Titian, Rembrandt, Michelangelo, or Raphael? Who do you think got struck in the face by a mallet? So Charlie and I both guess? Yeah, you guys can. Okay, Charlie, you want to go first? Rembrandt. Uh, Titian. Okay, let's try Charlie's first. Cringe. Oh. Okay, Titian? Oh, no. Mm. Michelangelo? I'm going to go Raphael. Oh, <gasps> Michelangelo. While studying at the Academy of Ancient Art in the Medici Palace, Michelangelo not only developed his genius as a sculptor, but also excited the wrath of his rival, Torrigiano, who struck him with a mallet, crushing the nose of his face, disfiguring him for life. I, I didn't... I had no idea. Love it. It was good, right? Yeah. Okay, here's another good one. Which of Henri Matisse's paintings was hung upside down at the Museum of Modern uh-huh. Art in New York for 46 days without anyone noticing? I was just reading about this the other day. Was okay. this in the news? I don't okay. know. Which, uh, do you think it's La Coupuchins, Le Bateau, Les Toits de Coelure? Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Le Bonheur de Vivre. 
Capuchins. <laughs> uh, it's Le Bateau, Alex. Okay, we'll go with Charlie Capuchins. No. Le Bateau? Boom. <gasps> Correct. The Boat. A paper cut by Henri Matisse caused a minor stir in 1961 when the Museum of Modern Art in New York hung the work upside down. It remained that way until the 47th day of the exhibit when Genevieve Haber, a stockbroker, noticed the mistake and notified a guard. That's such a cool story. That's a great story. Look, I love that there's sound effects. Because I, re- I read about this the other day and then I was like, okay, so 46 days, what caused it to, on that 46th day to mm. be, wait a minute... It's Just not a like, smarty pants It's not like up. it was like 12 minutes. It was like, no. you know. Yeah. Some and I love that it wasn't like another curator. Yeah. A stockbroker. Okay. Um, oh, I thought Charlie would love this one. What <laughs> artist is best known for painting his mother? Aww. Vermeer, Renoir, Goya, or Whistler? Any thoughts? Vermeer. Okay. Greg? Whistler. Okay, let's go Vermeer. Incorrect. Whistler. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Whistler's most famous painting is Arrangement in Gray. <gasps> Greg, that's your favorite. We're going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> and black number one, 1879, commonly known as, everyone? Whistler's, Whistler's mother. mother. Anna McNeil Whistler posed for the painting while living in London with her son. Oh, she lived with him. That sounds um, nice. That's a nice thing for you guys to do. Yeah. Where do you think we'll live together? Charlie London. Charlie? Where do you think? Oh, I think oh. he's busy. <laughs> Did he leave? Okay, so then I skipped a bunch. Um, how many paintings did Vincent van Gogh sell during his lifetime? One, 193, 842, or 27? Charlie? 27. 27. Mm. Do you have another guess? Don't say it's one. One. (gasps) Although he created more than 900 paintings, Van Gogh sold only one during his lifetime. Red Vineyard at (laughs) Owls, which was purchased by the sister of one of his friends. Oh, my God. Yeah, so everybody who's like, oh, I'm not selling, I'm not, you know, you could be the next Van Gogh. Well, and then even then it's just like, oh, like I sold one. It's like, oh, it was Jerry's sister. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah, she doesn't know. It was a pity sell. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm skipping along to question 21. I did some editing because I thought you guys, there's some stuff that... We're doing well so far. Yeah, you are. <clears throat> um, there was a lot of weird Van Gogh ones, so I, I went with a few of them. What was the official diagnosis when Van Gogh was hospitalized in 1888? Was it acute mania with generalized delirium? Uh, syphilis? Mm. Obsessive compulsive disorder or anxiety and panic attacks. Acute mania with generalized delirium. Yeah, I have a feeling that the last two are more recent. I'm saying the gentleman had syphilis. Okay, let's check Gregoire first. No? Okay. (laughs) Let's check Gregoire first. Do you have syphilis? (laughs) Okay, thank God. Okay. Um, Acute mania with generalized delirium. Yes. Yeah! Because then the paint... Get them all wacky. Well, that was um, that that was what people talk about, but I, that, I don't think that's actually what it was. So, um, when Van Gogh Van Gogh, excuse me, 
was I was, hosp- just, I was just thinking that. It was embarrassed for you. Yeah. Uh, was hospitalized... And this is the last time you're coming on this podcast. <laughs> was hospitalized on Christmas Eve, 1888, after trying to cut off his own ear. The official diagnon- diagnosis furnished by the hospital was acute mania with generalized delirium. There is no consensus on a modern diagnosis of Van Gogh's illness, though some have suggested bipolar disorder possibly exacerbated by absinthe drinking and venereal disease. Oh, so. Yeah, that's a combo. Yeah. Yeah. Lived his best life, I guess. Um, okay. Oh, there's one more Van Gogh because I just. But you know what? Like you come in, like you, you, like you end the the weekend with, with like an absinthe hangover and some, and some syphilis. Well, he didn't have syphilis. He had a venereal disease. But you know, good weekend. Sure. Okay, last Vincent one, but um, uh, he painted the starry night while, one, vacationing in the south of France, attending his mother's funeral, on his honeymoon, or undergoing treatment at a psychiatric hospital. Charlie, you know that painting, the starry night? Yeah. Yeah. So where, what do you think he was up to when he painted that? Vacationing. Okay. Mm, I want to see the, the psychiatric, uh, but... Um... I say honeymoon. Okay. No. Okay, Charlie, vacationing in the south of France? Yep. Cringe. Okay, what would you like to do next? Mother's (laughs) funeral or undergoing treatment at a psychiatric hospital? Mother's funeral. (sighs) Undergoing treatment at a psychiatric hospital. Uh, Yeah, so he painted Starry Night um, at St. Paul de Massoul. I don't know what that... A psychiatric hospital uh, in the south of France. Forbidden by the hospital staff to paint his bedroom, he painted the view from his bedroom window no fewer than 21 times at different times of day and under various weather conditions, including sunrise, moonrise, sunshine-filled days, overcast days, windy days, and one day with rain. Through the iron-barred window, he wrote to his brother in 1889, I... Didn't he die in 1880? I can see an enclosed square of wheat above which in the morning I watch the sunrise in all its glory. That's wonderful. Yeah. I wonder if the others, the other versions survived. Yeah. They're probably somewhere. They've sold now, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so moving on. Okay, now we're going to skip right along. Now we're going to question 59. Got to skip a few pages here. Okay. See, look, this is educational. It's like we're homeschooling. We are homeschooling. Mm-hmm. We are good parents. Yeah. Um, this is for you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Charlie? What is the term for a painting executed entirely in shades of gray? Because, everyone, we've talked, I've talked about, mm. don't roll your eyes. Several times. On the podcast, like Greg's actually red-green colorblind. Very mildly red-green colorblind. Well, you see a lot of shades of gray. And Charlie and I sometimes like to play games and ask you what color things are just to see. So, um, painting... It's, it's fun. Yeah. Painted, uh, painting executed entirely in shades of gray. Uh, imprimatura. Hmm. Imprimatura. Hmm. Stereoch- stereochromy. Yeah. Grisile. Impasto. I think I'm going to guess this one. Okay. Grisaille. Charlie? Stereochromy. Okay, let's try that first. No. Okay. Uh-huh. You got it. Grisaille. Because doesn't that mean gray in French? Gris? Yep. Gris? Gris. Um, 
Grisaille is a monochrome painting technique in which a painting is executed entirely in shades of gray or another neutral color. That's right up your alley. Come on. Okay. Now, one thing that bothered me about this quiz was that it was all about dude painters. Right. I wasn't really enjoying that. And I was like, I'm going to skip along and see if any women came up. And they kind of did. So here's one. What famous painter began as a model for Renoir? Oh, I'm going to butcher these names. It's going to be terrible. I'm so sorry, everyone who's French. You do it. You have a better French accent. Marie Braquemont, Marlene Dumas, Suzanne Valadon. You're doing the, the math thing. Oh. Cecilia Beau. <laughs> okay. Any thoughts? Beau. Cecilia <laughs> Beau. Okay. It's a Beau moment. Great. Uh, it's Marlene Dumas. Okay, let's do Charlie's first. Oh, sorry, Charlie. Marlene? No. Mm. I think it might be Suzanne Valadon. Yes. While living and working in Montmartre, uh, Renoir employed her as a model. She posed for dance at, oh God, I can't pronounce these Movie Val. Yeah. And the large bathers. She modeled for over 10 years for many different artists and studied their techniques. Eventually, Valadon became a famous painter herself and was the first woman painter admitted to the Société Nationale des Beaux-Arts. Cool, Wonderful. right? Yeah. That was um, a good one. Thank you. Um, I thought Charlie would like this. We could also do this tomorrow for homeschooling. What is the term for an artistic process that involves shooting ink at a blank piece of paper? Bulletism, splashism, blobism, or inkism? Inkism. Okay. Yeah. You, you're both going with inkism? No. Do you have a second guess? Bulletism. Got him. <laughs> Bulletism is shooting ink at a blank piece of paper. The result is an, a type of ink blot. The artist can then develop images based on what is seen. Salvador Dali, <gasps> your favorite, <laughs> claimed to have invented this technique. However, Leonardo da Vinci wrote centuries earlier that... Just as one can hear any desired syllable in the sound of a bell, so one can see any desired figure in the shape formed by throwing a sponge with ink against the wall. I love that move, though. Oh, yeah, like, I invented that probably. Yeah, it was probably me. Yeah. No. Sal, come on. That, that one's probably mine. Yeah. You guys can probably go ahead and, like, put that in a book somewhere. Yeah. Oh, here's another one about women, and again, it's slightly skewed. Uh, what female surrealist did André Breton call the sorceress who left too soon? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Anyway. Oh, but, but that's, isn't that a positive thing? Did she die young? Yeah, but why is he calling her a sorceress? As in, like, you know, like, she, she could wield the, 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 art, the magical arts. Well, like, I hope so. I hope yeah. that's what he meant. Um, okay, do you think it was Frida Kahlo? Uh... Remedios Varro, Leonora Carrington, or Marie Oppenheim? Charlie? Marie Oppenheim. Okay. Wasn't Frida quite the surrealist? Mm hmm. You're going to go with Frida? Frida? Okay, so let's do Charlie's first. Oppenheim? No. We're going to go Callow? No. Oh. Le Leonora. Leonora? No. Oh. Do you think that's pronounced Remedios? Yeah. Remedios Varro. The male surrealists almost never saw their female counterparts as capable artists, forcing the female surrealists to find ways of working within the restrictions of the surrealist misconceived notion of women while still trying to refute it. 
Faro does this through her images of women in confined spaces. She died at the height of her career from a heart attack in Mexico mm. City. Anyway, but yeah, so... I'd like th- to see her work. Yeah. Well, I'll put some of it in the post. Thank you. And since you check every day, you'll then see it. Um, okay, that's it for our quiz. I'm going to put this website up on the site. It's actually called usefultrivia.com slash art underscore trivia. So you can go check that out and homeschool yourself and your children. How do you, how do you feel we did? Quite well. Thank you. And I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to do the not-so-speedy speed round. Um, we're going to start... Well, and I would say next time you see a picture of Michelangelo, you're going to take a closer look at... His mallet nose. I know. I know. It's so weird. Okay, so speed round, how would you guys like to do this? Do you want to go all Greg and then all Charlie, or do you want me to go back and forth? Yeah, I need to stand up and stretch for a second. Okay, so you stretch. I'll do this with your father, and you come back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I love you. Bye. Okay, don't go far. Well, you can't, really. You're trapped in our house. Okay. He's Um, quarantined. Yeah, so Greg. Yes. Not so speedy speed round. Number one. Wait, hold on. Let <sighs> let the child depart. I think he's gone. <laughs> okay, so there's five questions. Okay. One, who was the first girl you had a crush on? Who? Oh, wait, can I guess? No, yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. You say. Well, this is kind of embarrassing, but, like, I, um, my parents had me late. Uh, there's a 12 year, 12 year age difference between my brother and I. The other day on a podcast, I heard somebody, some like actor being um, uh, interviewed, and they said uh, they, it was a similar situation. They said, "Were you a mistake? Were you an accident?" And they said, "No, it was a blessing." Oh. Um, so all, all my cousins were older, and um, I I had a I had a crush on like my way older cousin because she had really long dark hair. I thought that was fancy. It is fancy. I think it's also illegal. Right. Yes. Okay. You know what I thought you were going to say? What? Was that um, girl that, wasn't she your camp counselor or something, but your brother liked her because she was actually your brother's age? You were like five and she was 17? Yeah. Is that, was that your cousin? No. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot to tell me that part of the story. Mm, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, me either. Oh, damn you, speed round. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I had a crush on her, and then I found out that my brother was actually going out with her. Oh, were you mad at him? Yeah. Oh. We haven't spoken since. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, don't look ahead. Um, how do you say stay home in Polish? Zostań w domu. Nice. I'm trying to reinforce the people should stay home. Ah, yeah. yeah. And I've talked about the fact that you are actually from Poland. Yeah. We haven't talked about that yet. We didn't bring that We're up. with each other? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the right time <laughs> to bring it up. No, but yeah, so you were born in Poland and you yeah. didn't move to Canada until you were 10. Yeah. So you still speak Polish. Barely. Well, you do. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking just for, of just for pandemic warnings. I, yeah. I Say it again. Zostań w domu. Yeah. What is your earliest childhood memory? Is it about your cousin? Okay. <laughs> Since I edit this podcast, <laughs> it's about to be a four-minute episode. Um, this is this is weird because like I've I, I I know people who have like really early memories. I I can't remember much. As we established earlier, nothing before twenty-one when I met you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to let that go. 
I think that's a lie, but I'm going to let that go. Because um, <clears throat> it's getting awfully hot in the pillow fort. It sure is. <laughs> okay, if you had a podcast, yeah. what would it be about? Well, you tell me. Gear. Yeah. It would be about gear. Right now, you have a podcast and an audience of one, and it is me, and I have to listen every day about different yeah. kinds of gear. Well, actually, I used to be on a podcast. Don't don't keep pointing at the thing because it bumps I, the mic. Uh, years and years ago, I was on 100 episodes of a podcast when I worked at Electronic Arts. Yeah, you started it. Yeah. You, were a, you were a visionary. We started it way before um, Serial ever revolutionized the podcasting world. I know. Uh, yeah, we did 100 episodes, got millions of downloads. About um, your game, Need for Speed. Yeah, and so there's, there's an archive of it somewhere. Um, but yeah, I in the same way that you needed to tell me stories about patios, pools, and or decks, <laughs> when I find out the latest news about the Apple Watch, I need to share it with you, to your delight, and then inevitably what, what happens after I tell you the story. You tell me it takes a really long time, the yeah. story, like and I and all the features and all the things that are great about it. And, then and how the, it's different from the last one. Yeah, and then at the end of like this 15-minute diatribe you say but i'm not going to get it i'm going to wait for the next release yeah so why why did i have to hear all of those things if at the beginning of that story you knew at the end of the story you aren't going to get it must be all the absinthe Mm -hmm. well i get me it could be karma for patios pools and decks (laughs) okay i don't even have the courtesy to say it fast no you don't it's super slow um, okay, this is going to be a really hard one for you to answer. This is the final one. Would you rather, Charlie loves would you rathers, would you rather be an Olympic snowboarder or a pro surfer? Oh. See, I knew that would be hard. Okay. I think, well, I, think I know the answer. Well. Olympic snowboarder, okay. So there's a really quick answer to this. I'm trash at both, but I'm slightly better at snowboarding. So if I could wave a magic wand and be instantly amazing at surfing and then I get to spend my life traveling with you to warm places with beaches and wear Hawaiian print oh boy when I get there and have pina coladas done pro surfer and poke tacos mm-hmm. yes yeah I that's what I thought you were going to say yeah yeah it is pretty cool um, that's it. That was that was your first not so speedy speed round. That was good. I've listened to so many. It's an honor to participate in. Oh, that. that's nice. Okay, now go get your kid. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Oh, he's back. Hello. Hey. Okay. So we're doing the not so speedy speed round, and then you are free to go. Okay. Okay. Number one, who's cooler, me or your dad? Mm, what way cool? Well, you know, just like down with what the kids are doing. Stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just say me. He's not in here right now. Kind of, I don't know how to describe it. Equally uncool. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say equally cool because we cover different like cool realms. Yeah. Like he's into gaming. 50-50. Okay. Of cool or uncool? Both. Well, 50-50 is cool. Cool, uncool. Oh, right. oh, I see. Okay. Um, okay, if you could only have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, 
don't really have a favorite food. But, like, it's like, I'm sorry, yeah. the grocery stores have closed down. You can only, okay, I'll say one meal. Because that makes okay. it easier. Okay. Yeah. Um, some sort of sandwich with a lot of toppings on it, right? Because you're optimizing the amount of things. Smart. With, like, a salad with also a bunch of things in it. Smart. You know? Yep. So you're staying healthy, but you also have like a ton of different varieties. If you're bored, one thing, you can like deconstruct it. Oh, to make it taste a bit different the next day. Yeah. That's really smart. And a glass of milk. Okay. Uh, Follow up. What food would you happily never, ever, ever eat again? Bananas. (laughs) That's how you've been since a baby. Every other baby in our playgroups was eating bananas and you were like, nope. What did you prefer? Your meat. Meat. Yep. Those pureed jars of meat was your favorite thing. It's so gross. What kind of pureed meat? It was for babies. You could buy these little jars of baby food, and it was like pureed roast beef, basically. And you loved it. You should get some of that for the house. Oh, God. We're going to move on from that. Um. Okay. It's a would you rather. Ooh. I know you like those. Okay. Would you rather be able to fly or breathe underwater? Um, mm, I feel like flying would be, well, well, would flying, I wonder if it was like, if it's like bird flying. Like yeah, yeah, you, bird flying. Like it makes you tired while you're flying, you know, that's the thing. Or oh. you're just like, I'm going to fly now. Uh, let's go with, you can fly now. Okay, yeah, fly. Really? I thought you'd say under the water because you love all those under the sea shows and stuff. And then you could like hang out with whales and stuff. The ocean also kind of scares me. Oh. And then again, flying would be cool. Yeah, it would. And you're right. Like a lot of the ocean's quite dark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you, I asked your father this too. If you had your own podcast, what would it be about? Hmm. Hmm. Not about art. Heyo. <laughs> burn um probably a circus documentary (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know something funny yeah with my friends yeah you know that'd be pretty fun you should i think you should do a food review oh yeah you're quite good i need a you need a video and i need to do it in my car on like new um jack-in-the-box tacos right okay well as soon as you get your driver's license and you can go through drive throughs then you can do that yeah. Okay, great. Um, and the final question, uh, what would you like for dinner tonight? What are we having for dinner? I don't know. That's oh. what I'm asking you. Oh, are, are we having the Beyond Meat Burgers? Oh, yeah. Is that what yeah. you want? Yeah. Beyond sure. Meat Burgers. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, that's the end. All right. Okay, well, thank you for being here um, on our quarantine episode, um, the Chris Family Edition. It's been wonderful having you both here. And... Um, I hope to have you back again, but not because we're trapped in our house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Ah, and that's that. (laughs) The Chrisop Family Edition of Art for Your Ear. Whew, that was fun. Well, it was fun for us. I hope it was fun for you, too. (laughs) I will put links to that quiz and the app that I love so, so much, which, by the way, Charlie reminded me, is called Photo Booth. Um, I'll put all of that in the post on my site, thejawscurator.com, so you can find everything there. Thank you so much to Greg and Charlie for being such good sports about doing this with me. 
It really was quite hot and stuffy with three of us in the Pillow Fort studio. Big thanks to Murphy for not barking or crying for food while we recorded. Quite a miracle. Big thanks to the Artist Mother podcast for supporting this very family-oriented episode. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Be safe. Wash your hands. Be thankful for all of the amazing people in your life. And know that there will, in fact, be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then. Mm -hmm.